This is a Rooster Teeth production. Welcome to another episode of Annual Pass. This is the podcast where we talk about all things theme parks, shows, rides, attractions, fireworks, snacks, and even more. I am your host, Jack Patillo, and of course, joining me as always is my lovely and beautiful and sparkly co-host, Mr. Jeff Ramsey. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Jack. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How you know, you, you left out one uh, new feature of the podcast that I've discovered. What uh, is that? I don't know that it was intentional or not, but uh, we're doing all this as backward baseball cap guys. Oh, that's week. true. Yeah. Because we both have our baseball caps on. Yeah, there, we, right? we have we have lights here in the studio. If you're if you're not watching this, you should go to youtube.com slash annual pass. We because... are ugly. Be prepared. <laughs> We're, we're finally getting content up on our YouTube channel. So a couple weeks ago, we did a live stream, did our first live stream, where I built the uh, Magic Kingdom castle that the twins sent us. And uh, Jeff, you started working on this I puzzle. I built elements of a puzzle. That, uh, that the twins also gave us, Jessica and Jennifer. And uh, and yeah, and so we're doing more content over there. Finally, I know I've been talking about it for months and months and months, but we're finally making it happen. Anyway, we have our hats backwards because we have lights yeah. coming from above. And we want to make sure you can see our eyes as opposed to just the big shadow over our face. So YouTube.com slash annual pass also join our discord as well it's one of the friendliest discord servers you'll ever find on the wild wild internets and uh it's a lot of fun join the rdrc run, rope drop running club those guys are kicking butt over there it's been a lot of fun and uh and yeah and also grab some merchandise we have some really cool merchandise don't forget get our, our pin starter kit we have a bunch of new merch we have our annual pass pennants uh now we've got some stickers we've got jeff is wearing the new annual pass shirt the uh, old school universal shirt which i still can't believe that legal let us get away with that but uh hey we've got it just <laughs> and a bunch of other cool stuff in the store uh we've got a fun fun episode today jeff uh we have a gentleman coming in named carme petrello who was a fireworks tech for disney and uh we, we you know in the past we talked with a gentleman about like projection mapping and kind of that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. now we're going to talk about someone who handled actual fireworks at disney and i am very very excited to talk to this guy well let's quit listening to you talk and start <laughs> having the interview then all right let's go in now and talk with carme Jeff, we've got a special guest on Annual Pass today. We've got Carmi Petrello joining us. They were a firework tech for Disney, and I am very, very curious to talk to them about things. Carmi, welcome to Annual Pass. Hi, thank you. Uh, very glad to be here. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> first and foremost, you were a firework tech. What does that mean to be a firework tech? Were you out there with like a cigarette lighting out fireworks, or were you like <laughs> arranging them? Like, what, what, what does your job mean to be a firework tech? Uh, in the old days, you wouldn't have been far off with the cigarette. Um, they used to actually use a, a car battery and a nail board, which is exactly oh, what it sounds like, a board with nails in it. Um, but w it's a little more uh, modern now. So I actually started at the fireworks storage facility, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's where all of the fireworks that uh, go in all of the parks and all of the shows come in. Uh, and we break them down out of the bulk shipments and separate them and repack them into the shows and then get them shipped out to the park. Wow. Um, so we're kind of the first stop for everything you see that goes on in the parks. We uh, any of the product that that any guest sees or even some that they don't see all goes through the storage facility. Um, so when I first started, it was a uh, it was a, a real steep learning curve <laughs> to kind of 
get grasp with everything. Does that building have the best sprinkler system on Earth? <laughs> um, so it's actually, uh, it's several buildings and they're all spread out in appropriate distance from each other just in case. <laughs> I mean, to, to mitigate danger, I imagine there must be yeah. like a Halon system or or something. I can't imagine I mean, it's, the it's, security and safety pro protocols for storing that much yeah, flammable with, material. With Explodable, fireworks, flammable. it's actually easier to just let them go up so all of the buildings have uh, are concrete bunkers, and then the roofs have blow-away roofs. So oh, wow. if anything happens, that's, they just go up. That's wow. awesome. I mean, that's you're basically you're working in a munitions facility at that point. I mean, that's yeah. uh, like the amount of gunpowder, I imagine, that is in those buildings has got to be just by the tons, right? Uh, yeah, so Disney is the second largest purchase, uh, purchaser and storage of, uh, of explosives in the United States, second to the military. <laughs> well, you know, work someday. Maybe you can you can reach number one. <laughs> so, yeah. so Disney could secretly, a la uh, all of the clone army in in Star Wars, Disney could secretly be planning a uh, like a mouse army in the background. <laughs> uh, you they think, could, you, yeah. <laughs> you think the Magic Kingdom is going to annex SeaWorld? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> They're just armed with, like, giant fireworks launchers? That would be terrifying. Well, so how close are these? I mean, I don't know what kind of secrets you can give away. I mean, you don't work just there anymore. Just give away all of them. It's trouble. fine. Yeah. But, like, how, how close are, like, these bunkers, essentially, to the parks? I mean, because there's fireworks at all the parks except for Animal Kingdom, right? So, um and we, we actually do have uh, fireworks at Animal Kingdom. In the Lion King show, there's the flame mortars. Ah, okay, okay. So, uh, man, so all, all four parks. Mm -hmm. So uh, is it kind of like, I mean, I imagine it's kind of hidden away somewhere. That's not something you want to be very public about, right? Um, Again, not I, asking for specifics, yeah. just kind of just a general. Drop a pin in a Google <laughs> yeah, map, to, we'll be fine. <laughs> to not give specifics, um, it's not difficult to find on Google Maps. I won't tell you exactly where it is, but I will tell you <laughs> that if you have driven around uh uh, Walt Disney property and around Magic Kingdom, you have driven by it several times. Oh wow! Okay. How uh, how does one like get involved in this industry? Do you <laughs> fill out a uh, like? It, does your resume like when you initially apply just say like proficient in in M eighties? Un understand uh, like bottle rocket theory? Uh, Rome, um, Roman candle expert? Knowledgeable with black cats? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't uh, I can't speak to how most people get into the fireworks business. Um, I worked for magicians and illusionists before I started with Disney. Whoa, um, that's cool. And okay. so so I had worked with a lot of stage pyro doing uh, world tours and like um, some large scale. We you know a few times with dynamite, but mostly just large scale stage pyro and like uh, you know flash powder and uh, flash paper and things like that. Um, but when I applied to Disney, I was originally supposed to be hired as a lighting tech. Um, and I wasn't told until I finished my traditions class that, hey, you're going to the fireworks storage facility. So I was like, oh, that's a different kind of lighting, but okay. <laughs> well, not much briefer than yeah. a, a normal, you know, uh, bucket light. Man, so, yeah. okay, so you worked with a magician, then you went to Disney to work fireworks. Like, are you, mm -hmm. are you, are you, are you, are you like a kid with just a wish and like this is all happening? <laughs> like, this sounds yeah. amazing. Uh, I'm just extremely lucky, and I I happen to be in the right place uh, at the right time with the right amount of skills. Um, so I, <laughs> I get to do a lot of fun stuff. That is cool. So how long were you working at, at the uh, at the facility versus like did you go on from there? Like what else did you work on within uh, Disney? 
Yeah, so I was a I was a fireworks tech for um, for a year, uh, and in that time, I learned how to be a fireworks indoor and outdoor shooter. Um, shooter uh, sounds bad, but that's literally just the person <laughs> that pushes the button that makes all the fireworks go off. Nice. Um, and I started doing uh, the fireworks testing. So anytime there's a product that goes bad or misbehaves or um, isn't acting up to standard in the parks, they bring it back to the facility, and we test. We find the lot number. We test the lot. And they make sure that okay, we know that it, we can narrow it down to this box of product. We're gonna sh we're gonna get rid of that, and we'll replace it with new stuff. Um, so I did that for about a year, and then I moved up to the fireworks planner position, um, which is uh, doing all the permits. So when I was there, it may be different now. There were 21 daily op shows and three nighttime spectaculars um, that all need permitting, um, and then I was doing all the special events as well. So really, like. Uh, there was a point in time where I had my hand in everything that was happening on the parks. I was doing the marathons, um, the uh, like all our special events, park buyouts, walkathons, like everything. Anywhere wow. there were fireworks, I was I was part of it with the permitting process, or I was on site, or I was the shooter, or packing the shows, or or some part of that. So so um, what, what was your sort of time period you worked at Disney? So in my head, I can start asking you specific questions about things. <laughs> so I worked there um, starting in 2016. Uh, at the end of 2016, I worked there until right up the right up to the beginning of the pandemic, 2020. Okay. Okay. Now you you mentioned being in the permitting process. Do you have does each uh, each performance require a distinct permit? Um, not only that, but each individual piece in each performance has to be on that permit. Now, wow. is this like, I assume you guys have it down to a science at this point. Is it like, are you just like copying and pasting or is it a pretty oh. manual process each time? Oh, I wish. Um, when I started as the planner, we were actually trying to integrate a new permitting process to be more accurate. So I had to develop a whole new process and add in um, what we call load sheets, which is every individual piece of product, where it will be shooting from, when it will be shooting, what direction it'll be shooting, uh, the safety ring for it and approximately what the effect is. So it was it was a, a, a massive undertaking to, and actually brought in another person and then we had to learn how to do um, the CAD work, Revit work, which is what moved me over to a CAD designer. So it was it was a huge process to, to change how we did the permits to make them more accurate and to integrate all of this new information into them. Boy, that takes the fun out of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they took a, like exploding for fun and added red tape in bureaucracy. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. And it was it was like, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks. But then you get to like go to Jack. You just you did one of the marathons. That first yeah. shot that goes off when everybody cheers that for fireworks people, it it negates all of the negative stuff. It negates all the hard work, all of the back break, all the days staring at a computer. It's all gone in that instant. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, so you're talking about the marathons. So at the, at the start of all the marathons, Jeff, there's a big kind of like, uh, you know, arch that you run under typically, or sometimes mm. it'll be like columns on the side. But they launch fireworks off them every single time they count down. So five, four, three, two, one, go. Fireworks go off. But it happens like, God, it seems like 20 times. So yeah. I can only imagine the amount of additional shells and mortars they have prepped in those things. I mean, if only we had someone who could tell us about that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So, so on the arch, uh, the main arch for the marathons, 
Um, that all has to go up before anybody gets there. Yeah. Um, so for fireworks, the night starts at 11 p.m. the night before. Wow. Um, and we're out there. Uh, we've already actually it starts two weeks before that, technically, because we have to build all of the boards and place all the product on there and then waterproof it. Make sure it's all wired up correctly. Uh, make sure the wireless is working or for running wired, whichever way. Um, and then 11, starting 11 p.m. the night before, we're up there uh, on the middle of the road once it's closed, you know, mounting it mm. to the actual structure. Um, and then there's somebody there with a, uh, like a, a, a video game trigger, which is the best thing ever to shoot fireworks <laughs> with. Um, actually, like sitting there watching and going three, two, one, click, three, two, one, click. Oh, wow. Um, so it's someone manually doing it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. For stuff like that, we don't rely on time code or anything because. Okay. There can always be delays, uh, as mm -hmm. you stated in the episode where you, you ran the marathon. They, you never know like when each wave is actually going to be able to get up to go. So it's yeah, just yeah, better yeah. to have a real person do it. That's what, so okay. So then, so talking about like you know doing shows. So for the spectaculars, which are the big nighttime shows, mm -hmm. Jeff. Mm -hmm. um, how programmed are those to the point where like do you hit go and then it's just you kind of ride it out or can you stop it at any point during the show? Like, are they broken down by sections? I'm just fascinated by this stuff. Yeah, so uh, as, as Disney does with most things, they take safety very seriously. Mm -hmm. It's number one top key. So the fireworks are tied into the, uh, the runtime for the rest of the show. So once the show starts and the fireworks are armed, it, if, it, if everything goes smoothly, you can run that whole show without hitting a button. Wow. Um, but there are individual e-stops for each of the rooftops. Uh, in Magic Kingdom, for instance, each of the rooftops, each of the different locations we can stop the fireworks from. Um, there's programming in the actual software to where we can say, uh, it looks like this specific piece is mishand is not acting correctly today. Let's just cancel that piece for the rest of the show. So the members in the audience, the guests, they don't know that something has gone wrong. They still get a fireworks show. But if you have, you know, your diehards, they're going to go, wait a second, that green <laughs> comet didn't fire. Yeah. You know, the cannons on the castle didn't go off right how, or something. Yeah. How often do those problems arise? Like, it, would you do, is like, is it one of those things where like nine times out of 10, it's going to go off without a hitch? Or are there, because it's such a manual process, are there a lot of small issues that arise? When you, when you work with the amount of volume that Disney has, there's there's always potential uh, i wouldn't say there's never there's not often catastrophic events but i would say at least once a night on disney property at least 10 to 20 pieces of product are going to misbehave wow in some way they may not go as high as they should have they may um they may break but the ins you know the outer stars might not ignite they might burn a little lower but with the amount of volume that they have it's it's a consistent enough issue that it's kind of like, oh, okay, we'll put that on the report, but mm. it didn't do anything real bad, so we're not going to worry about it. So do you have, like, is there, like, a, a firework Bible where you can say, like, this shell here will look like this in the sky, it fires up this high, you know, looks like these colors, and you just run through all the different ones you have? Like, how does that work? I mean, like, th I'm curious about the designing of a show. Yeah. So it used to be uh, it used to be a lot more mechanical. Um, we actually had our designers had to go um, like to China or to Korea, um, to Mexico to actually look at the shells that were being fired um, and say, OK, cool. I like that one. Um, now we're slowly moving everything into the you know more technology. So now they actually have a program um, where they can design the show in the program and they can see um, not exactly the effects, but like if you shoot a peony versus a chrysanthemum, um, you can kind of see the different way that it would burst and put different colors in it. Um, so they can kind of get a sense for everything from there. 
Um, other than that, we always, um, when we bring new product in, we try and record it. Um, we try and record, uh, we have special cameras so that we can record from when it launches to where it breaks in the sky so that we can see how long the timing fuse is, how high does it go, how big is the break, how wide does it go, how low does it burn. So there's a lot of different um, you know, they say you think fireworks and you're like, okay, it goes up and goes boom, but we've got audio and visual and cameras and, and, uh, all sorts of equations and all this stuff that goes behind making sure that all these pieces do what we want them to do. Wow. That is fascinating. I remember, uh, my, my favorite time here is always the new year's Eve fireworks, Jeff, because yeah. they, they go over the top with new year's Eve stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I was working out there one time, like, uh, I worked at the studios or Hollywood, uh, you know, Hollywood studios. And they would shut down the whole back half of the park. And then once the show was over, they'd make you wait like 15 to 30 minutes to make sure everything was clear because they usually they fire off so much more, you know, mm -hmm. so many more shells than normal. And then when they'd release us, that like the cast members could go in the back because we were a lot of us parked back there, and there'd just be shells and debris <laughs> and ash all over the place. <laughs> it's just yeah. wild to think that it's like, but it's only once a year. So for for shows yeah. like that, I mean, what is the process for you know doing uh you know a special show like you know uh, not so scary Halloween party with like the fireworks in the round or a New Year's mm -hmm. Eve type show? Like, uh, do you is there a larger process for that, or is it all kind of baked into what you do? Oh yeah. So those are all, um, even though they, they happen every year, they're still under what we classify as special events. Okay. Um, and I've, I've gotten lucky to actually shoot every, uh, parks new year's show, I think. Uh, oh, wow. yeah, I know. Cause I did Epcot as well. Um, so, uh, for Hollywood studios, um, it's, there's just, uh, they just deck out pretty much everywhere that we can. We close the reason to close off all those areas is so that they can, open up their safety radius on the roofs so they can shoot bigger stuff and more ah. stuff and not have to worry about having anybody in the fallout radius. Um, and then Epcot, they actually do the, the around the world fireworks. So there yeah. are, there's, Oh gosh, there must be upwards of 50 techs backstage on all these individual lifts around the backside of Epcot um, that are all just waiting for their show to happen for their part of the around the world um, for magic kingdom. The, like the the Mickey's not so scary um, and the fireworks where they do it in the round and especially New Year's, um, those sites, some of those sites are just in the woods. Huh. Um, like you just you have to go through a gate and you drive down next to a river and you're in the woods for four hours <laughs> and you load your shells. You turn your system on, you test it, you wait for the show to start, you shoot your shells and then you got to clean up and go back in the truck and drive back out of the woods. Wow. So for um, those so for those in the round, you know, the one the ones you don't normally go and do all the time, are is that someone manually launching those or are they also part of the the larger program? Yeah, so they um they part of the same system, you can shoot wireless over uh, a walkie-talkie, you can send time code through the walkie-talkie um wow. and it, and have the other system recognize it. So you'll wow. actually have you'll set your whole system up and do your manual test and then when it's ready for showtime, you plug your uh, plug the one, you know, the aux cord into the walkie-talkie and then straight into the system, turn the volume all the way up. And once time code starts, you can see it running on your system and it'll tell it, okay, shoot this shell now and this one now. Wow, that is wild. I didn't even think about a walkie-talkie. That seems like mm -hmm. such, such kind of low tech for something of this nature. <laughs> but yeah, if it, it works, works, it works. Yeah, you'd be surprised. So all the fireworks shoot over just regular 18-2, two-wire. Okay, wow. Jeez. Like all so, that signal, everything that gets sent out is just over eighteen two. So, a couple of questions. One, when when you create one of these shows, uh, like the not so scary Halloween uh, thing, 
uh, or New Year's, once you, once it's created, is it pretty baked in, or do you guys update it and change it from year to year? Like, is it the same show from year to year to year, or does it vastly uh, change and alter? So that kind of depends. Some of the shows will stay um, the same premise, the same, uh, like some of them will say the same time code, but we'll change the shells out. Um, so they'll sub out new shells um, that we have for this year or, well, you know, this one didn't look great that year, last year. Let's use this one. Um, but for some of them, because uh, things are getting so advanced, like with the projection mapping on the castle and the way that they're able to do that, they'll actually tie new fireworks in specifically for events. One of my absolute favorite, like all around moments is in Happily Ever After uh, Merida comes up onto the castle and she pulls back her bow and she lets go an arrow and right when she does they shoot a comet off of the castle and then right where the comet ends they have a bullseye shell that goes up and pops right there and every <laughs> time I see that the coordination behind it just blows my mind <laughs> that's so awesome now, so that that's a question I had for you. So, uh, happily, happily ever after, that was the big fireworks show. It was the first massive castle projection in Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. They just recently replaced it with Enchantment, which is a new, ver like the next version of that, basically. Yeah. When you're developing a show like Enchantment, what I mean, I assume you were there around the time it was probably being worked on, right? I, I helped open. Uh, I say helped open. I worked on uh, getting HEA open towards the end of it, um, okay. and helping get the permits and stuff figured out. Uh, and then did a little bit of work on all of the, the 50th stuff for the parks before, you know, pandemic happened. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, I mean, I'm just curious about it. Like, what is the process working with, like, the projections team and the sound team and, you know, the fireworks? Because all of that stuff has to work together to, to make a cohesive mm -hmm. show. So what what is that process like? Uh, it is a massive amount of coordination between all of the all of the different um, all of the different design groups and uh, all of the different specialties. It's 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 meetings in and and doing previs work and doing having actual like VR stuff that people can go and walk around in. It is oh wow! It is an amazing amount of collaboration because you, you you can't really have. You can have a specialty at Disney, but you have to have at least a basic knowledge of other things. So mm -hmm. as a CAD designer there, I, I was an associate CAD designer. You can't just know lighting or, or sound. You have to be able to integrate all of these different disciplines into one cohesive document that anybody can pick up and understand. So you have to have your fingers in with lighting. You have to you have to go talk to audio and say, hey, what? how much does this speaker weigh? Where is it going? What's the you know, what's your range for it? How many do you need? Um, and then projection mapping, that's just a whole other, a whole other beast. I mean, those, that's some of the, the most talented people I've seen on a team. Some of the stuff they can, the way they can transform that castle and make it look like it's not even the same building at all is just incredible. Um, and all these people work, I mean, Sometimes it's crazy hours for a projection mapping show like that. They have to have everybody in the park at night so that they can see lighting with projection and hear audio. The one part of that I will say is fireworks usually gets one chance before the show. <laughs> wow. They get one rehearsal and they better hope it's good because yeah. the show's happening the next day. Oh, man. 
You you mentioned cleanup a little bit, and I, that got me thinking. Uh, the right right before pandemic, I spent New Year's on a little island in Mexico, and for New Year's Eve, they set off a bunch of fireworks. And like ten minutes later, the entirety of the island ran, we ran for cover because it was just raining down. <laughs> uh, it was like being I was in the army for five years. It was like being back in 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 Kuwait in the nineties. Uh, and yep. then the next day, it looked like war torn Beirut from the eighties. So like I imagine the cleanup must be pretty significant yeah so um there are great efforts made at the disney parks to make sure that the fallout does not land on a guest so aside from unpredictable wind which is florida there's always unpredictable wind um we try to make sure that anywhere that fallout would be landing is not a guest area so it makes it easier for us to clean up but at the the main yard for magic kingdom after the show is done there's there's probably 15, 16 trash cans full of debris that has to be cleaned up every night. Wow. Dang. So, and so I mean, the, actual, the the fireworks themselves, you launch them. I mean, if you know the park, you're launching them back behind Fantasyland, right? It's like way, it's beyond, mm-hmm. it's beyond the park, right? Yeah. The, the big stuff launches back there. There are, the smaller stuff actually launches in the park off of the, the rooftops. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Rooftops yeah, in the castle. Yeah, so so Jeff, if we ever get out there for a show, it it feels like everything is right behind the castle, but it's sort of the forced perspective where you don't realize the the, the massive things are a lot bigger than you think they are, and so mm-hmm. it feels like they're much closer than they are. Hmm. But yeah. one of my favorite things to do is uh, I like going to the uh, the TTC, the Ticket and Transportation Center, which is across the lake from Magic Kingdom, and watching the fireworks from there, and you can got get more of a sense of scale, just how big those things are, mm. and it's mm-hmm. really really incredible. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to watch the Magic Kingdom New Year's show, try to watch it from the dock on the Polynesian because the they shoot fireworks off of the island in the middle of that lagoon. Oh, wow. uh, and you will are you are so close to those that it just <laughs> it really like you can feel the shockwave hit you. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, let's, we'll we'll sneak down there. We'll sneak down to the Polynesian, get some dole lips, and watch some fireworks. Jeff, what a what's your finger and toe count? Are you you still got them all? <laughs> yeah, all all ten. Uh, I've I've had a few uh close calls but nothing uh nothing that was like super scary the you whenever you're shooting the fireworks like um on the island or at main site or hollywood studios or anything um everybody that's not a spotter anybody that's close enough that they uh they're in the fallout zone has to be in a bunker or in a safe space so um you're in a concrete bunker with bulletproof glass there's it it'll still uh it'll rattle you but you'll you'll walk away Oh man, that's very cool. That's got to be an experience being close enough that the the shock waves are are like rattling windows and stuff next in, to you. in yeah. a concrete bunker. Yeah, it feels. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. Um, and like a lot of people don't realize how big a ten inch shell is. Like it is, it's twenty five pounds, and you have to hold it with two hands. Like it's wow. yeah, it's like launching a massive bowling ball up into the sky, and then it explodes. Yeah. Uh, you know when you buy the the little ones for like New Year's and Fourth of July, you buy mm. the, the little mortar tube. Those are usually like one inch to one and one inch and a half, and we shoot ten inch. God, that's so big. That is so cool. Now uh, I've got a question for you. So I, I know, like, I assume right now uh, you're seeing a lot of stuff where uh, they're doing new technologies when it comes to the kind yeah, of fireworks shows yeah. and stuff. To you, is drone a four letter word, or do you, are you guys embracing that kind of technology? <laughs> Um, I'm not, I'm not sure where they're going to be with that yet. I think, um, it's too cool for them not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in 
the people that do these shows and that might be able to get in enough word to make it happen are going to want to do both. Okay. They're going to want to do a drone show with fireworks. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen at Disneyland Paris, they've done Disney's first sort of dabbling with the drones. They've done some really mm-hmm. simple stuff with the big 30 up mm-hmm. above the castle. Yeah, yeah. It looks beautiful, and a, little, a couple other things. But you're seeing more and more of these drone shows popping up now, like Halo did one, Paramount did one here in Austin during South by Southwest for uh, for the Halo show. And they're becoming more elaborate, and people are starting to understand them more, and it's becoming some really cool things. And I could only imagine that Disney is already eyeballing that stuff. Like, they've got to be thinking, like, okay, what's the next big thing? Yeah, I'm sure they are. There wasn't much talk of it whenever I was still there. I don't know where they would be at now, but uh, it's cool, and people like it, and it's it's something that people would want to see. Disney's going to want to do it. They're going to want to get yeah. their finger in there and, and, and make a cool show with it, and I'm sure they will. Yeah. No, so for, I'm curious, for like one of those 10-inch shells, I mean, obviously no consumer can get their hands on that, right? Like, I, can get you, I can get you one by 3 p.m. <laughs> can you? <laughs> I, like how much, like do, do you have any idea like how much money a single one of those just cannonballs would cost? On, on a you yeah. know if if we were to go to you know the the buy one get five free store and <laughs> ask for right outside of town yeah ask for a, a ten inch shell how much how much is one of those shells gonna cost you um, yeah so like you said not a nor- nobody can just normally buy them you have to have a, a you know permits from the ATF and and all that stuff but um, to give perspective like for one of the big ten inch shells that can range anywhere from like forty to one hundred and twenty each. Wow. Okay. Um, and that's kind of a rough number. I I didn't deal too much with the pricing for them, but you know you see it while you're you know scanning through looking for the important information. Um, so yeah, that's it. They they can be a bit expensive. Okay. And I I imagine also those are bulk numbers too. <laughs> you know yeah. You're, yeah. you're not you're not oh, buying yeah. you're not buying them individually. You're buying probably by the hundreds or thousands. Yeah. Um. It, so in the storage facility, like if you were to stop receiving shipments of of more fireworks how how many shows could you do with all the everything you had in storage like how how far in advance are you guys you know typically for the shows yeah so that actually um that's something that you know they try and prepare for because you never know what's going to happen so they have uh uh, just bulk extra stuff that they can always sub in um, mm-hmm. between the storage that they have in Florida and the storage they have in California. Um, we can, you know, get stuff from California down to Florida in like two to three days. Um, so they, they keep a stockpile of things just in case like, Oh, you know, the slow boat from China is delayed by two weeks and we're about to be short a product. Okay. We can sub this in until we get the new stuff in. Mm. If they were to like completely stop receiving product, and they still ran full shows, like let's say pre-pandemic full shows, uh-huh. uh, maybe three weeks. Wow. Maybe wow. four weeks before you start to see product like dropping out of shows drastically. Yeah. So like like almost a full month's worth of, of shows ready to go. Oh, yeah. man. I wonder with supply chain issues how close they've gotten to that over the last couple of years. <laughs> now, I, I wonder, too, like, you know, for something like Fantasmic, you know, a lot of that stuff you could probably get away with using less pyro in the show, right? So is that something where it's like, oh, maybe the parades, they don't need any pyro right now. Like, we save that and kind of, like, use it in the more spectacular type things? Or is it kind yeah. of every show is a specific thing and you're going to always use that? Or is it sort of a order of, of importance? importance. Yeah, no, a lot of the shows, there's a lot of similar product uh, between a lot of the shows. Um, so they will, if they need to, say, okay, hey, we're going to, uh, Fantasmic, instead of shooting, just for example, instead of shooting 10 of these green comets a night, you're going to shoot five, and we're going to take okay. those other five and put them in Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far Away. 
um, until we get the product back for that. So they can kind of swap and trade and move stuff around as they need to. Um, they try to avoid that as much as possible, but mm-hmm. you know, it, if it if it has to happen or if it's like, hey, we we did uh, extra rehearsal and we forgot to order product for that, so now we kind of have to borrow from tomorrow's show for today's show and then keep that process going until we get a new shipment in that has the three extra that we need. Wow, so it's like Pokemon cards. It's like, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple comments. You give, you give me a, an asteroid, and we'll call it yeah. even. Like, all right, cool, sweet, yeah. sounds good. Man, well, this, this is fascinating. And yeah, so, yeah. You, so I know, you know, when I when I went to school, I went to school for film, and I can watch a movie, but I kind of see it in a different perspective now, where I can kind of see the edits and I can see where stuff happens. When you watch fireworks shows, do you kind of see behind the veil? Like, do you do you see the more technical aspects of it, or is it more you still can enjoy it, like you know, any anyone would with just a bucket of popcorn smiling at the sky? So part of Part of all of the things that I've gotten to do over my life has been really frustrating in one way. I can't watch uh, magic shows anymore. I can't watch uh, firework shows anymore because you just you start to see like, oh, that was a low break. Okay, that was timed wrong. Oh, that was definitely a misfire. Oh, you can see that they accidentally chained those two together. So you you do start to notice like uh, little things that happen and like you're seeing the seams. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh man, that's that's funny. That's it's funny that you know working in that field has kind of ruined that for you. It makes sense though, I suppose. Yeah. So, well, man, well, thank you, Carme. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking to us about fireworks. This is something that I've always been fascinated by. This, you know, some of the coolest stuff, some of the best memories are watching the fireworks over the castle. Like I remember at Disney MGM Studios seeing the Fantasy in the Sky. They had this giant inflatable Mickey with a, his finger pointed to the sky, and like pyro would shoot out of it and stuff over the the top mm-hmm. of the Chinese theater and. It's, you know, seeing, like, the countdown numbers at Magic Kingdom for New Year's. Like, they actually have fireworks that make numbers in the sky. And even now with the Enchantment Show, they have these fireworks that go up, they explode, and they pulse different colors as they come down. It's it's the coolest crazy thing. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating that there's so much to this, and I'm sure we could talk for another hour about specifics on things. And Jeff, mm-hmm. do you have any final questions before, no, before we let him get I, out of here? No, I think that answered. I'm just now I'm just remembering all of my favorite theme, uh, my favorite <laughs> firework related uh, memories in the past. Well, what if, a... if I could leave you with one of mine? What's um, that? It's uh, we were doing a show over at the sports arena, uh, and it's called 90 Second Show appropriately because it's 90 seconds long, but it has this this amazing huge finale with all of these chains uh, and chains are where like you, you hit one button and it shoots, you know, it just shoots one shell and then keeps shooting the rest of the five. And it's just this massive like sensory overload explosion of fireworks. Uh, and I was uh, spotting in the field. And I have to be standing close enough to hear like the guest members behind me. So, you know, I got that joy of hearing them hit that first shot, but right after that finale in just the cutest little voice, I hear a little kid behind me go, Oh my god. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we did it. <laughs> Success. That is awesome. That is so cool. Okay, one last question. If you mm-hmm. were going to pick any any place to watch uh like a special fireworks show, so like either a New Year's show or, you know, not so scary or or something like that, what is the one show that people should go out of their way to make sure they see once in their life? Man. Uh Unfortunately, my top pick would be a clo- a show that's closed now because it would have been uh, it would have been Reflections of Earth, the, oh. the holiday tag shows. Oh, that's a good um, one. Because they're, the finale for that is just it's it's salutes and and all these bright, super bright shells, and it just like pounds the entire 
uh, world show world showcase with just sound and light and smell and it's just an amazing amazing moment um but uh currently man i don't i don't know i'm i've i miss i for me right now i would just want to see another show i i miss <laughs> being in that area so much i miss getting to hear the reactions um but i get one of the biggest things for me i guess would be uh, dead center right in front of the castle for a uh, Mickey's not so scary finale hmm, that that's good. that whole show and then the finale and watching the fireworks just come like all the way around is is probably one of the best shows you can do so, so the not so scary uh, show Jeff that's the Halloween show which they actually just last week announced or two weeks ago announced that it's coming back hmm. um it's they have fireworks in the round so literally you know you're normally watching the castle and it's a cool it's all like villain theme show it's really really cool show but then towards the end the fireworks start going off everywhere so you're surrounded by fireworks and it's one of the coolest things ever so highly recommend that that's, that's a good choice that would probably be my mm -hmm. my number one or uh, or just behind one of the the like the Epcot finale the Epcot uh, uh, New Year's show is insane. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. miss that one. The rivers reflections of Earth with the 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 tag shows on it was just so amazing. Awesome. Well, Carme, thank you so much for joining us on Annual Pass. We really do appreciate it, and I I, I love getting these kind of perspectives on stuff that I've I've seen with my own eyes, but it's neat to kind of get a <laughs> peek behind the door and see what's going on back there. Mm hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really great to get a chance to talk to you guys about it. I'd love to do it again. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back. All right. Thank you very much, man. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Jeff, that was awesome. That, that, that was so cool. I've been so curious about some of the things like the fireworks in yeah. the round and how that works out. And that was cool. And I'm so thank you again to Carme for uh, for coming out and it, talking with us. It's actually it actually is made me a bit bad. Oh, yeah. I actually got a little bit angry in the interview. And I'll tell you why. Oh, why is that? When I was. I I, I, so I grew up in Alabama uh -huh. mostly. I grew, I moved around a lot, but I imagine but you played with fireworks. Formative right? years were in Alabama. Uh -huh. and fireworks in Alabama are uh, well, you're legally required to set them off. Yeah, you hold like, them in your hands and yeah, you throw it's, them. A, it's a part of state law. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time with fireworks as a kid. And one time when I was, I don't know, maybe ten, uh -huh. I uh, in my grandparents' backyard. I took a bunch of Roman candles and bottle rockets and fireworks, uh, like black hats and M80s, and I bundled them all together into one monster firework. <laughs> and I didn't tell my family. I told them I was just setting off a uh, some bottle rockets. Oh, and so my no. mom and my uncle and everybody were out. Oh, and uh, no. we were all just hanging out in the backyard. And I was like, you're going to love this. And I lit it. And uh, what happened was uh, uh, everything that could explode... <laughs> Outward and not up did all at once, and my uncle Mike he he took a he took a, a Roman candle to the head uh, round, and it burned about half the hair off of the left side of his head. And my mom she screamed and tried to run away, and she tripped and fell down a hill and broke her foot, and uh, and I got in a lot of trouble for that. Shocking. And if I hadn't gotten in trouble, uh, I could have turned out like Carme. I know that was the moment where if my family would have just recognized. This boy has passion. Uh, he he inadvertently caused a lot of trauma. Two trips to the emergency room, but uh, but you know if we can get past that, he clearly has a, a talent for experimentation. That was your butterfly effect yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. If if those wings would have flapped the the other way, I could have been. I could have worked with Carmen. Um, now I'm now I'm mad at my mom. Oh man, that is awesome. Well, you know I I can't believe your mom was upset with you after all that. <laughs>
That's wild. But like, uh, broken feet are meant to be are meant to heal, right? <laughs> True, and hair grows back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so thank you again, Carme, for uh, talking with us. If you work inside the park or have worked in a park or have like a really cool job within something like within you know in the entertainment world, the theme park world, we'd love to talk to you. I love talking to people who work in this kind of stuff. So email us at annualpass at roosterteeth.com. Let us know what you worked on and if you if you're willing to talk about it, we'd love to talk about it. It's, you know, we've had Imagineers to people who've worked on rides and it, it's always a blast to talk to you guys. So thank you again uh, for, for, you know, hanging out with us. But uh, yeah, so Jeff, let's get into it. I got a couple questions from the audience because, okay. you know, we do Q&A every single episode. These are from the Titan episode, which is the uh, Six Flags, the Titan up in, up in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great coaster. Uh, Doom Gal says, do you have a favorite effect on a ride? For example, Pepper's Ghost, when they use smells, etc. So is there any, like, thing that you like seeing in rides that kind of blows your mind like pepper's ghost you know what pepper's ghost is yeah yeah, yeah. that's the, the the mirror reflection yeah, yeah. you see like haunted mansion and stuff do you have a favorite effect that you might see on a ride uh i'm gonna t- take it back to was it liam yeah liam did the smells I, I think it's smells smell related yeah i think it really it like it helps pull you in uh to the atmosphere uh and helps you uh suspend whatever disbelief it helps it helps you um helps um like instantly immerse you on a different sensory level which heightens the experience so i'm going to go with when they pipe in not the bad smells <laughs> that i had to smell but when they pipe in the good smells yeah. like the et smells yeah et smells or like the one at uh, at uh, spaceship earth you get that that burning library smell that still immediately takes yeah. me back to the thing i personally just love animatronics i'm going to count that as an effect because animatronics on attractions are Awesome. I love seeing animatronics. Uh, we went to Thorpe Park. There were some rides that had animatronics in them, like built into the park at the roller coasters. I love that kind of stuff. And so that's that's my favorite effect. I feel like everybody who grew up in the 70s and the 80s has a, has a special place in the heart for animatronics because of yeah. showbiz and Chuck E. Cheese and just yeah. like how much a part of the fabric of our childhood the it was. piano playing gorilla. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a blast. Uh, the Titan episode, Jeff, I don't, even, I don't know if you remember, this was a few weeks ago we recorded it. Uh, this is the one where we talked about buying steel. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah! We yeah, wanted yeah. to buy a ton of steel and like try to figure out how much it costs. Yeah, we got it. We actually have a pretty good uh, message here. Jessica six seven five says, "Hello, structural engineer here who does steel structures. The company I work oh. for did the tunnel at the start of the Incredible Hulk ride and the castle shell for Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. You can't really do a simple Google search to get the cost of steel since a the cost has been super volatile over the last couple of years and b you can't just consider raw steel. <laughs> you also have to factor in the cost." of designing it, <laughs> making sure it's appropriate size not to collapse, forming it, welding it, coding it, blah, and shipping blah. it. That's but the boring side. I being s- in design and not sales, I don't know a good number to give you, but it's definitely considerable. So we can still make it Okay. Happen. We can make it happen. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica, for uh, I just want to consider raw steel. <laughs> I, I appreciate the the the, uh, the elucidation, though, uh, Jessica. Thank you. So thank you for that. All right, so now this is the point of the, the episode where I would ask a question to the audience and you guys answer it, and then we'll randomly pick someone and send out a theme park map autographed by Jeff and myself too. The question we had during the Titan episode was what are the most times you've ridden a major roller coaster in a single day? And we got a lot of good responses for this one, Jeff. Uh, Gentleman Dragon says back in comprehensive school, I don't know what that is. It's I, not. not. I, I assume British that's probably. Oh, sorry. It says so around middle slash high school age. Okay, there you okay go. thank you very much for clarifying. I went on a school trip to Oakwood, a theme park here in sunny Wales. It was very rainy day in the off season, so me and my friends rode the treetops roller coaster around 15 to 16 times as there was no one else queuing for the ride. The operator would just send us around again and again, almost made up for how wet it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's super nice. Uh, Ginge Rinsler 
says, I know I'm late listening to this, but the ride I rode the most in one sitting was the Comet at Hershey Park. That was my first roller coaster, and I shared a lot of memories on it with my late grandfather slash namesake. The weekend after he passed, I rode it ten times in one day, crying each time, but it was needed. That's sweet. That's cool that they can have an experience and, like, you know, they recognize, like, oh, this means, this roller coaster means something to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, Wicked Wiki, or excuse me, Wiki Wiki, like, Wiki Wiki, uh, says, not roller coaster, but my seven-year-old TJ rode Forbidden Journey six times in a row. Which on its own, it's its own level of achievement. So you did it once and almost died. Uh, so. <laughs> so their seven-year-old kicked your butt. Bruce the Caboose says, "Hey Jack and Jeff, love the podcast and y'all's positivity. I once spent an entire day riding Expedition Everest in Disney's Animal Kingdom. I lost count after twenty, but it's still one of my favorite memories. Have a great big beautiful tomorrow. Twenty, that's wild. And last but not least, our my randomly select winner, uh, Jeff. Can you pronounce that name right there? Uh." Dexulin? Is that how you say it? Dexulin. Dexulin. Uh, I rode the Nitro at Six Flags Great America, not a great adventure, not America, in New Jersey seven times back to back without ever getting out of the car. It was right before closing. There was no line. My friend bailed after a few goes of it, but I kept riding until I felt guilty about making them wait for me. <laughs> felt a small bit squeamish when I finally got off, uh, but that <laughs> passed fast. My friend was solid green. I bought them snacks for the way home to make up for it. So, hey, congratulations to Dexulin for, uh, for the random slide. We'll reach out to you and send you a theme park map. But uh, this week's question I'm asking for you, uh, since we talked about fireworks, is what is the best fireworks show you've ever seen? It could be in your friend's backyard on July 4th. It could be at Epcot for fire, you know, for, it could be for at New the Year's. State Fair. Anywhere. Matter. Yeah. What is the best fireworks show you have ever seen in your life? And uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear some answers. I imagine yeah. there's gonna be a lot of theme park stuff in there. So probably. But uh, thank you again, everyone listening to Annual Pass. It really does mean the world to me that you listen to the show. We really, really love doing it. And, uh, yeah, we want to keep doing it. So please uh, let everyone you know know about it because these shows die by word of mouth. So please, please, please spread the word about Annual Pass. And um, if you want to pick up a shirt, that also supports the show as well. A shirt or a hat or you know a pin set or a pennant. We have a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff up in the store right now. And, uh, yeah, but, Jeff, do you feel like you learned anything today? Yeah, I learned that uh, unsupportive uh, parental figures kept me from uh, my true calling. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you again to uh, Carmi for coming out. Don't forget to join our Discord. Subscribe to us over at YouTube.com slash Annual Pass. We've got the, the live stream up there right now. You can go watch again, and we're going to be getting a lot more content up there as we go along. We've started the process. We've ripped the Band-Aid off. We're making Ow. more. So. <laughs> and Ben's over there dying. <laughs> Just coughing. Just coughing and dying. Uh, thank you, everyone. Have yourself a magical day. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.